I think one of the one of the major contributing factors to my to my heart attack was 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 just mental and mental stress, not even the physical stress of what I was doing to my body. Three offices, three different states at that time. You know, things were changing with insurance companies and there was just significant stress all the time. And I was mitigating that stress with the food, right? Drinking alcohol a little bit too much. Cigars were like the rage back then, you know, and, you know, smoking cigars. And, you know, that all led to a metabolic type of a syndrome that I had that led to that heart attack. So you got to look at your at, at your stress levels not inside of your body, but outside of your body too, because the stress throws off your lipids also can also create something called leaky gut. And leaky gut is something that is directly related to a metabolic type of a situation. Welcome to the Menopause Mastery Podcast, a show for women just like you who are ready for more health, vitality, passion, living life with a purpose. I created this show because I knew that women just like me in this second season of life, the season of menopause, are really tapping into their deepest desires. And we're ready to harness our physical and mental health and explore what our true passions are and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what we want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, part magician, and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking the complex science and making it easier to integrate into daily life. So let's join the journey to make this season the best ever. Welcome to Menopause Mastery. Today I'm talking to Dr. Dan Cartaleccio. Dr. Dan holds a master's degree in human nutrition from the University of Bridgeport, where he also serves as adjunct professor. Dr. Dan actually has a specialty in diabetes, heart health. He's worked a long time in even thyroid disorders and autoimmune condition. And he's got a deep bench in functional nutrition and functional medicine. And he's been a leader and an educator in the field of metabolic nutrition and functional biochemistry, obviously, for years. And he has his own personal story, much like all of us in functional medicine, but you're going to hear today about Dr. Dan brush with death and brush with heart disease and how that changed the trajectory of his life. So some of the things we talked about today, which is why you really want to listen to this, is number one, that heart disease is not just a men's condition. So one out of two women die of cardiovascular disease. And here's the truth is we have different symptoms and we tend to have more uh, more uh, difficult and deadly heart attacks because our symptoms are such that we don't notice that this is what's going on. And so women suffer a greater mortality to their first heart attack. So I know my women are listening to this and they might be like, oh, that's for my husband. It's for you too. But we're going to talk a little bit about how to get a deeper dive in cholesterol panels and lipids and triglycerides and how to look a little deeper under the hood because you could have normal levels of those things and still carry a significant risk for cardiovascular event and stroke. And then we also talked about his journey and what he had to go through to, to really improve his health and how he looks at it now and how he's been helping people with uh, cardiovascular disease for the last several years. And so join me today on Menopause Mastery with my conversation with Dr. Dan. All right, Dan, I'm, I, I, I think we're going to have a really good conversation today. And I'd love for you to share, because um, obviously you've been in this kind of functional nutri nutrition, chiropractic, functional medicine world for a long time. 
but you have a special story, particularly about your own health, having already been in this community that I want you to share that. Share your story with my listeners, because I don't think people pay enough attention to the importance of our health, particularly in this arena. So share it. Thank you for that. And, and that's a great question, because, um, you know, when we're, when we're talking about functional nutrition and functional medicine, it could just help out so much. And I'm 61 years old. And when I was 37, 37, I had a heart attack. I was told within a week, a dozen times, I was going to die. I didn't want to die. I realized that I wanted to live a full life. And I realized what I was doing wrong in my life. Chiropractor, I had three offices, three different states. HMOs hit and it was very difficult to keep employees on. It was a very stressful time. And it just culminated with this heart attack. And I remember saying to myself, you know, I'm a ticking time bomb. When I was, Betty, when I was lying on that, on the hospital bed, you know, it was like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just a ticking time bomb. And I realized I didn't have to be that ticking time bomb. And I wanted to change. So I had the heart attack. It was a mild heart attack. And I had to change my lifestyle. Um, I remember going to the cardiologist and I got the highest Lipitor was 80 milligrams. I was taking Tricor, which was 123. It was, I was taking all of these medications to bring that down because, Betty, my cholesterol was about 600. But we know that that's not the big biomarker. The big biomarkers like triglycerides and LDLs. My triglycerides were, okay, and you're sitting, 1,227. And that's why I was told I was going to die, Betty, because you don't come back from that. That's something that you generally don't come back from. My LDLs were, I don't know, seven, 800. Boy, my, my, uh, my, 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 my blood was just like syrup, like maple syrup, I guess, at that point. And so when it was all said and done, I said, I need to change my life. Here I am, a healthcare practitioner. Here I am talking about natural health as a chiropractor. I felt like a failure. I felt like um, I felt like a failure, and I felt oh, I I went away for a second. Here I am. <laughs> I felt like a failure, and I felt like a, a fraud, and I and I and I had to change my lifestyle, and I didn't know what it looked like at that time. And I went to go see a nutritionist, and we did some of the interesting blood work that you and I do with the food sensitivity testing, the leaky gut testing, bet, and you know we did the stool analysis. We put together this program. We did micronutrient testing, vitamins and minerals. And I realized I went from 200 pounds working out. And when I had the heart attack, I was about 265. I was a big boy. And so I needed to change and I needed to change fast. I remember saying to my friend who was my cardiologist, I said, uh, Jamie, I said, I'm going to go out running tomorrow and I'm going to um, start working out. I need to start working out again. And he just looked at me and he went, you're not anywhere near that. He goes, if, if we let you walk for 15 minutes, because you have to build up because going out and running is not something that you can, that you can do when you have this. So functional nutrition and functional medicine saved my life. Gosh, you know, 
it's funny because I know a lot of women are probably listening to this and they're like, oh, that's a man's problem. You know, oh, he's an outlier because he had a heart attack at 37. But, you know, one out of two of us. So you and I on this, one of us is going to die from heart disease, period. End of sentence. It's just that's the stats. And I think the other thing that I think is poignant about your story and I, and I think you probably see this in your practice and I see it in mine, is often people that are in the healing arts, whether it's functional medicine, functional nutrition, trainers, you know, fitness pros. You and I were on your podcast talking about fitness pros or your doctors and nurses, which I can tell you for definitely if they're in the conventional world, are some of the most unhealthy people, not because they don't care. It's probably because they care too much and they are overworked, overstressed, all these other things. And, you know, there's this perception that that if you're in this world, you nothing will ever happen to you. <laughs> right. Because you're, you're perfect no. in every way. No. Listen, Betty. Heart disease is the number one killer for females, not only males. I will tell you that my practice is split 50 50 right now with both males and females coming in post heart attack. They've been told that they have heart disease. They've been told that their blood pressure is up even before the heart attack and, and their lipid panel is all over the place and they're in stress, stressful jobs. They're, 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 they're Wall Streeters. And not only are they Wall Streeters, but they're, you know, I, I come from an immigrant family. I'm sitting here in my, in, in my Newark office. They came and they worked with their hands and they were bricklayers because they smoked. They ate poorly. The stress of trying to make it in America the stress, if you did make it, now you have to keep it up because you're on Wall Street or you're a doctor, or you're a lawyer, and the stress that comes along with that. And what you realize is that you're doing it wrong and you don't know what you don't know. And you're doing it wrong because the foods that you're eating, you don't know how to handle stress. You don't know how to do any of that stuff. And what happens is that you become this ticking time bomb. And it doesn't have to be that way at all at all, you can actually turn this all around significantly so that it's really, you're, you're living your life to the fullest. And all my patients do this. We have programs where after we get you done, you know, hope, you know, and we help you out with the heart disease, we regulate your biochemistry, we regulate your physiology, you're taking targeted supplements, you're, you have the personalized functional medicine, your stress is now, is now reduced. You're able to deal with it better Boy, let me tell you something. At the age of 61, I feel like I'm in my 20s. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine and I were talking yesterday, November 2023, maybe sooner. Half marathon is up is up on the uh, is is up on the uh, board right now. So look out, world! I'm going to run a half marathon, and I'm getting on the stage, and I'm going to a a, a pro bodybuilding uh, contest. So ready awesome. to go. That's awesome. Yeah, there's, it's never never like the present moment. You know, you can always continue to do these things and, and mm -hmm. improve things. So I want to go back and talk a little bit about your biomarkers, because obviously at that heart right. attack, you were obviously clueless. You had no idea that you had, you know, <laughs> and, and like you said, cholesterol is, is not, not the only part of that picture. Now, right. do you come from a family of hypercholesterolemia? Do you have familial cholesterol issues? I have, I have what we call familial hyperlipidemia, that meaning that it comes, you know, it's, it's, it's in genetics, holds the gun, your lifestyle will pull the trigger, right? That's what we say. And so the big biomarker were the triglycerides. I mean, 1,227, it should be less than 150. And that is the, one of the main biomarkers along with 
lipoproteins and, 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 and LDLs. We need to regulate those. And a lot of times what happens with that, you need to look at your diet and you need to look at your lifestyle, you know, taking care of your stress and so forth. So that 1,227, when I saw that, Patty, I was like, oh my goodness. I'm like, you know, no wonder why um, um, I am where I'm, where, where I'm at. And, you know, we talk about getting to the root cause in functional nutrition. I was eating so poorly. I was eating processed foods. I was eating fast foods, omega-6 fatty acids, which starts that arachidonic acid, big words. That just means we're starting the pro-inflammatory cascade in our, in our, in our, in our, in our body. So it was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If I didn't have, if did in fact have breakfast, you know, uh, the griddle sandwiches at a, at, a, at a popular fast food restaurant elevated all of that. I'm susceptible to it. I'm susceptible to it. Now I'm eating as if I'm just going to go for the gusto and why not go to 1500, you know, uh, for, your, uh, for, your, for your triglycerides. So those biomarkers, when you're going to a doctor, and they're going to run a panel on you. They're going to run your cholesterol, call the lipid panel. Make sure that they not only do the correct cholesterol, you want your triglycerides done, you want your LDLs done, you want your lipoproteins. There's apolipoprotein, there's A, there's B. That gives us an overall picture of what's going on with your biochemistry. So when we put together a program of care, maybe we're going to recommend some omega-3 fatty acids. Maybe we're going to recommend uh, a paleo diet, a Mediterranean diet, maybe some CoQ10. That's very important to get all of that information in order to put together an appropriate program of care. That's what we want to do. That's really important. And we do that every day here in the office, and we get, and we get great results, just like you're getting great results with this. Getting a vitamin and mineral panel, because you know what, Betty, my vitamin D was non-existent, by the way. It was non-existent. I had like minimal, no vitamin D. And, and, and the doctor was like, are you kidding me? I mean, this is the worst thing, right? You also want to get your HDLs in your, not only your LDLs, which is the bad cholesterol, you want to get your HDLs. I like to get my male patients above 60 or 70. My HDLs, Betty, I'll give you one guess. What do you think it was? Let's see. I mean, you could have had when it was that high. You could have had high HDL just because your total cholesterol was high. But I got this feeling you're on the opposite side of that arrangement. Let's say 35? Eight. It was an eight. (laughs) So the HDL, right, is is, is a good biomarker. It's cardioprotective, as, as we say. I was an eight, so that wasn't good. I like to have females above fifty, males above sixty, because they have a little bit different bio, different, little bit different biochemistries. So it's important to know what those numbers are. Those numbers are are, are really vital for your life, you know. Absolutely. So let's let's dive in a little deeper. So, you know, so obviously triglycerides were the big big you know, biomarker there of of pretty, which most people would probably be surprised that you didn't say LDL because triglycerides are really that package vehicle for your sugar and your fat together that are, they're going to clog your liver basically with fatty liver. And then you're going to get visceral fat. So the fat around your abdomen underneath the muscle that causes inflammatory activity, cytokines. Thank you, COVID, for making sure everybody understands what that word is. Everybody knows what cytokines is now. Everybody knows what the inflammation is now. All right, we won't say anything more about right. the C word. 
the C word. Exactly. But, but again, if we even look at that disease, like who were at the greatest risk for the greatest level of mortality? It was people that had high triglycerides, visceral fat, pre-diabetic or diabetic, hypertensive because of that inflammatory cascade. So, so, so talk about what you did, right? So you obviously, you obviously went through all this nutritional stuff. What, what do you think dramatically changed, obviously getting off the fast food, but what do you think dramatically changed that triglyceride oh. and LDL activity? So you always look at this from different, different legs on the table. It's always multifactorial. So, I mean, listen, you know, for me, I needed to take the meds. I needed to get that stuff down. Okay, that's great. Now, I don't want to be on meds for the rest of my life. I'm losing a few pounds. I'm gaining a few pounds. I'm not, I'm not really, you know, you know, feeling much, much better. So I went to a chiropractor who is a nutritionist and he, he changed the trajectory of my career and we did the food intolerance, the food sensitivity test. So what we did is we looked at the IgG, you know, inflammation from foods that, that I think we looked at 210 different foods, right? It's a simple blood test. The simple blood test told me what I should be eating and what I should be avoiding. It's not a food allergy. Like if you, you know, if you take penicillin, you get that anaphylactic reaction, or if you eat shellfish and you get all of that, um, you know, you get all of those, uh, you know, skin rashes and so forth. That's a different immunoglobulin. That's IgA. We're looking at IgG, low-grade inflammation in your body. Now, I just happen to have food sensitivities to a ton of different foods. So I was restricted from eating a lot of foods. That was the first thing that we did. Then we took a look at, the, at my diet and he said, he's like, dude, he said, you're eating so poorly, right? He said, it is so bad that it's really, he goes, I'm, I'm shocked that you're doing this. And there was a study done, I think it was uh, it's 20, so it was 2000, 2020 out of the Mayo Clinic proceedings where they were looking at ultra processed foods, which is, which was what I was eating, cakes, candy, sugars, fast foods. And I took that out of my diet because they're highly affordable, they're available and they're palatable. They really taste good. So when you're eating a, you know, when you're eating a hamburger from one of these places, they really taste good. And I was addicted to it. So we took out those foods because I'm drinking stuff from the best stuff on earth, right? Because I'm drinking this iced tea because it's made from the best stuff on earth. That's what we were told. So we took out all of those processed foods. We added in foods that work with my biochemistry. And it was very restrictive in the beginning. Then we looked at it and we said, listen, you know, I'm eating bad and we need to detox your body. And we did a 28 day detox. And it wasn't like a juice detox where you don't eat. I ate a lot during that time, Betty. And what happened was, is I was eating foods that were good for my biochemistry. And the way I say it to my patients, because like I'm eating more and I'm, I'm losing weight. It's like your body is craving these foods that are working with your biochemistry. So I did this detox. It was a protein shake. It was some targeted supplements that help out with the detoxification process. I think we spoke about this last week a little bit, where there's phase one, phase two, and phase three conjugation in your liver, which is the main detoxifying organ. And what happens is that it's energy dependent and it needs an array of vitamins and minerals. And I took this product that helped out significantly. I'm not drinking any water. I'm not getting restful, restorative sleep, right? 
my sleep last night was 92 optimal according to my uh, aura ring. So I'm like, wow, you know, um, I, I, I don't, I don't sleep at night. So we took a look at my lifestyle and we added in foods, breakfast, lunch, and, and a dinner. We took a look at my day, which is very important where, when do you have breakfast? When are you going to have lunch? When are you going to have dinner? What do, you, what do those snacks look like? What do those healthy snacks look like? Let's get some high impact carbs, veggies in there. Let's get some good, good fats, omega-3 fatty acids. Let's get some lean proteins that are in there. And let's get this detox going. And I began to lose weight significantly. I went from 265. And I think when I was done, I was like 188, I think it, I think it was. And we took a look at my gut. So we did, we did the leaky gut test. Oh, boy, Betty, I lit it up. I mean, there was so much going on. The stress, eating poorly, um, you know, just not, you know, getting indigestion all the time. I mean, you know, you're taking the antacids. You know, I, I had them in the car, I think. I'm taking them, right? And so we, we just revamped my whole lifestyle, dealing with stress better, right? starting to exercise a little bit more, right? And as time went on, I was exercising more and more. And that was the game changer, was this functional blood work. I think that you'll agree, right? This functional blood work is really the game changer. And it really honed down what that program looked like. There was like, oh, you know what? Let's do an elimination diet. Let's take out beef. Let's try that for two weeks. But no, maybe beef is good. Maybe you're going to eat grass-fed beef. Or you hear that the Mediterranean diet is great, right? But there may be components of that Mediterranean diet that just doesn't work for you. We've got to find out in that food sensitivity test, finds out exactly that. But it's, oh, almonds, they have a lot of omega-3s. I read that online. Dr. Google told me that. But it may not be good for you. So we find out exactly. That's what happened with me. And boy, did it just change my existence. Yeah. So tell me, how long... How long did it really take you to, to go through that process, to go from like 265? Obviously, this was an iterative process, so this was kind of like you do a piece, clean up, do a piece, clean up. How long did it take for you to really get things in alignment? Because I think also people are like, you know, we're humans, man. We want, we want it yesterday with very little effort. And so most people go, gosh, if I can't see something happen in a month, then I, you know, I lose interest. How long did it take you? My, my mind is going in 50 different directions to answer so many different things that I can answer with, 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 with what you just said. So the short answer is it took me 18 months to 20 months. It took me a period of time because once you have a heart attack or you're told that you're diabetic, you're committed to what you need to do to change your life. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a step-by-step -step process. Listen, you can't out-supplement a bad diet. You can't out-diet a bad lifestyle, just like you can't out-pharmaceutical a bad, a bad lifestyle. It doesn't work that way, people, at all. So it took me about 18 months to lose all of this weight. Listen, a pound, pound and a half every week is healthy weight loss, right? Why do I keep going off, Betty? Here I am. Okay. I don't know. My, my computer is just not working <laughs> with me today. So it took me, it took me a period of time and it took me this 18 to 20 months. And it was, it was, it was appropriate for me because I can see results. I didn't lose 30 pounds in 30 days because I had raspberry ketones 
But here's what the food sensitivity test does. Not only does it tell you what you should be eating and what you should be avoiding, but it gives you that blueprint for the rest of your life to make those changes. It's not like you're coming off of this diet because tell me how many patients say to you at the end, you know, after the first couple of months, like, what's next? I want more. I want more. What's going on? You know, I just turned around a uh, Marine in uh, Florida who's uh, 76 years old, and we were discussing his program, and he's, and he's fighting it. I said to him, this is going to be a lifestyle change forever. And boy, let me tell you something. Once I lost that weight, Betty, it was like, it was like, it was like, I never, ever want to go back. Let me talk to you about Sleep Me Sleep Systems. Are you a woman who suffers from hot flashes due to menopause or you just sleep hot in general? You don't need to suffer. End hot flashes and night sweats for good with Sleep Me's award-winning system. It's a mattress topper that goes on your current mattress so you don't need to buy a new one. It uses water's thermal powers to cool your bed as low as five degrees Fahrenheit. That means no matter how hot you get, you can sleep at your ideal temperature. And in fact, Wake Forest University had a study that showed that women in menopause saw a 57% decrease in the frequency of night sweats when they used Sleep Me's sleep system. So Sleep Me makes customizable, climate-controlled sleep solutions that will help improve the quality of your sleep. And you know when you improve the quality of your sleep, all other health measures improve. The sleep system works on all bed types, even adjustable ones, which allows you to keep your current mattress while sleeping at an ideal temperature. And hey, if you're like me and you're worried that your partner likes a different temperature at night, no sweat, they offer configurations that allow you to have dual temperature control from 115 degrees Fahrenheit to 55. And even if you don't like getting into a cold bed, like me, you can actually schedule the temperature to be warmer when you get in and then cool off as the night goes on as, as you fall asleep. So currently Sleep Me offers two water-based systems, the Cube and the Doc Pro. Both sleep systems provide mattress toppers that cool as low as 55 degrees Fahrenheit. The Cube best for women who are steady hot, that won't quit, while the Doc Pro is the newest and most powerful system and it works really well for those of you who get sudden surges of intense heat. So I can tell you I've been sleeping on these for two years and my husband has too and it has been a game changer in the quality of my sleep. So if you're suffering from hot, uncomfortable sleep or know someone who is, you have got to check out Sleep Me at sleep.me slash menomastery. That's sleep.me slash M-E-N-O-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y. Plus, as a listener to this podcast, you can save up to 20% on a sleep system if you use the promo code HOTFLASH. That's H-O-T-F-L-A-S-H. This is a real game changer and you need to check it out at sleep.me slash menomastery and save 20% using the promo code HOTFLASH. The challenge is, is, you know, you, like you said, having a heart attack or being diagnosed with diabetes, like that's a fork in the road. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden that's a, a no-go zone mm -hmm. because you know where the end result is if you do nothing right. and you continue where you're going, right? But what I find hopeful and also challenging at the same time is you and I also work in a world where I'm like, let's identify those risk profiles before you get there. Right. Because it is it, it is mm -hmm. looking at are you ha do you have food sensitivities, nutrient deficiencies? Are you, you know, predisposed genetically for risk factors that you need to identify? Because 
you know, I call it the Keith Richards gene. I don't know. I don't know what his genetics are, but it's just like, okay, obviously that dude has some really killer genetics. I don't have those. I, I know exactly where you're going yeah, with like, this. I know exactly where so you're going. So it's good with to this, identify right? if you're if you're not Keith Richards, you can't live like Keith Richards. Same thing, if you are somebody that has struggled with your weight for a long time or have high cholesterol all the time, there are genetic things that predispose you for those risk factors. And it's and it's not that LDL and cholesterol are the only risk patterns. There's a lot of other ones. But it's it's you know, it's I think the functional medicine testing also enables people who want to be proactive, right? And I, and I, you know, I do this podcast and you do yours because we want to help people get proactive, mm-hmm. but it helps people see what those risk patterns are so they can identify it before they're on the floor. Because let's face it, you had a 50-50 chance of surviving that heart attack, period, just statistically. Yeah, with, with, with those, with those, yeah, with those numbers, you know, that's why I was told I was, I was going down, right? And that's why I was told this because those numbers are just significantly high. And I think that what happens with all of this stuff is identifying it and prevention is the best way to go. Listen, you have, you have, you know, you go to the doctor and you're, and you're, and you're, you're, you know, some blood work is off a little bit and now you're taking medication. I mean, why not, why not come see us and why not let us run, you know, with it and do what we do in order to help you out? Right. Because we're getting to the root cause of what's going on in your body. And then we can help regulate that biochemistry and physiology so that later on, you're not that ticking time bomb and you're not having that heart attack or whatever that is. I mean, that's just my experience, because you and I, we, we, we see so many different types of conditions in our office to get to that root cause, prevent it, people. That's the best way to do this, because, listen, you want to play football, basketball, baseball with your son, with your daughter. You want to, if you're a grandparent, I was talking to a patient earlier today. Um, they had, they had called me and they were like, you know, you know, they're 76 years old. They'd like to hang out with their grandchildren. They can as much because they're tired, they're dizzy, they're this, they're that. Let's change that around before you, before you do, you know, before anything, you're taking meds, but let's get to the root cause. Yeah. We can't outrun aging, but we can age in a better way for sure. For sure. So I want to go back. Let's talk a little bit about about lipoproteins, because I would say that, you know, uh, even, you know, I'll I'll give you a little story. So my dad, like you, had his first heart attack at 42 years old. We were camping in New Jersey because we lived in Cherry Hill (laughs) in the middle of nowhere with one of those crappy pop up tent thingies that you drag behind your vehicle. Remember the ones that sort of the sides pop out? And I remember my mom driving. I driving do. like a bat out of hell <laughs> to try and get to it because you didn't have 911 back then. So the moral of the story is don't go to New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. Don't go to New Jersey. <laughs> but at the time, I was six years old, right? And my dad lived another 38 years past that. Modern medical marvel. He had, you know, two, you know, two sets of quadruple bypasses, four heart attacks, 11 stents, like diabetes, <laughs> colon cancer. Like He was the cat that landed on his feet, nine lives. But but his quality of life, particularly towards the end of his life, and he was militant about taking care of his medication management and everything else, but he had a lot of damage. And, you know, you look at that and you go, okay, I was the first one, my office was the first one to run advanced cardiolipids on my dad in his, like, 70s. And his cardiologist was like, oh, this is so great. I've known this guy since I was six. This is great. I'm so glad we have this. And I was like... How do you go to bed at night? How do you sleep at night knowing that you could run these? And 
and take care of your patients in a better way, but because it's not the standard of care and you're chicken about talking about having to potentially pay for it out of pocket because insurance or Medicare is going to kick it back, how do you sleep at night knowing that you didn't give somebody an opportunity to look a little deeper? Obviously, I'm pissed off about it. Listen, yeah, listen, this is an important point because we have the technology to take a look at different parameters. And I spoke to a cardiologist about this in New Jersey, big guy, big intervention, the cardiologist. And he said, well, that's not what my organization, you know, my national organization, I'm not gonna even mention with, with, with the organ, we, we, all, we all know, right? You know, well, we don't do this. And then there's the subset for cardiology, you know? And I'm like, what, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what does that mean? I said, but you have the technology to do this and I run them. I just sit there and I say to the patient, listen, this is they're, they're, they're not going to pay for this. And this is what I think you need to do because the lipoproteins, you're looking at the inflammation in your body. We're looking at what needs to be, you know, what, what, what needs to change. And if we don't look at this, I think you're doing a disservice to your patient. I get, I get upset at this too, because listen, I had, I had high cholesterol all of my life. My, my parents did, right? And they're on, they're on all these medications. And you don't have to do it that way. Getting the blood testing, it's kind of like getting an MRI. Oh, I think, because today you're not supposed to do an MRI of the neck or low back. I, I, got, I got tingling. Well, I got a herniated disc. Okay, that's great. But I want to know if it's sequestered off. Because if I do my technique and I hurt you, what does that mean? That's just dumb, I, I think. In my, in, think. Can I say that on the podcast that it's dumb, right? It's just dumb, Betty. Yeah. And, so, and so with this, doing these advanced blood testing, you just do it. How, you're right. How do you sleep at night? My cholesterol is high, but you don't know anything else. Because cholesterol can be good in your body, and it may be high for a reason. But we need to find out what that is, right? Because cholesterol is a hormone. It helps it helps regulate different things in, in, in your biochemistry. If it's high, we still have to be of concern. But we can take a look at other parameters, your HDL. It may be cardioprotective. We're going to look at those types of blood, you know, blood work to make sure that it's okay. I like to, you know, when people come in with high cholesterol, we always investigate a little bit further, you know, because I'm sure just like with you, you get blood work in. Well, they didn't run the rest of the panel. Let's run the rest of the panel and let's see what's going on so that we can have it. I mean, running an MTHFR. I think is important. I want to know. I have a genetic SNP for cardiovascular disease. So if you're taking B vitamins, if you're not taking methylated B vitamins, you're just you're just excreting them. So it goes into the Krebs cycle at a certain area, right? With 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 the methylated B vitamins, and I take my methylated B vitamins every single day. That helps bring down my homocysteine, which is a biomarker, another biomarker, right? For 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 heart disease. That helps bring that down because if that's too high, we got to bring that down. Boy, I get fired up just like you two over this stuff. And yeah, it's important to do. Well, I don't know. You know, maybe we'll run it. Maybe we won't run it. I run it. Betty runs it. That's it. We just we just do it. We want to know what's going on. If you have a genetic snip like I do for cardiovascular disease, it's genetics. I want to know because I want I want I, I want to live a full life. I don't want to have to worry about being that ticking time bomb. I keep going back to that. Because every patient says to me with this, 
they feel like a ticking time bomb. And it's just not with the cardiovascular. It's with every condition. They just feel like a ticking time bomb when they're when they're when they're coming in. Oh, absolutely. So so you know on uh, so I'm going to go back to the lipoproteins because it's a really good point. So obviously your so there's apo apo A1 right, which is the you know think of it as a, a protein sticky protein on the, on the HDL molecule that grabs a hold of LDL and brings it back to the liver for recycling. So if I have a ton of that, cool. Right. And if I have APOB, apolipoprotein B, which is on LDL. Yeah. So that's going to be that sticky protein that allows it to plaque and get into the arterial uh, lining and create hardening, hardening plaques and soft plaques. So here's an interesting story. So I, you know, of course, I'm seeing a woman helping her with a lot of stuff. I end up seeing her husband because, of course, you know, once mama gets happy and healthy, daddy gets happy and healthy. He had had a heart attack and he had had he had a not a surprise. He had had a heart attack. And he was on drugs that were lowering his cholesterol. So his total cholesterol was 100. His LDL, yeah, yeah, of course you go, woo! You know, we need some, all right? Because it is what you make your hormones out of and everything else. His LDL was like 45, 50, right around there. And, but his ApoB, so that sticky protein that was on there was still elevated. And it was still elevated to A1. So overall, because he was on a cholesterol-lowering statin drug, a stack of them, he wasn't improving his overall risk profile because he still had, even with that low LDL, he still had the sticky proteins that were going to cause well, arterial plaquing. And, and, he had, and he had a really high LP little a, lipoprotein A, which you can probably explain to everybody. What does that listen, mean? Okay, I got, I got a million things I'm going to hear in my, in, my, in my brain. So having a cholesterol of 100, and, and, and one of my partners former partner said to me, it's accepted that the lower your cholesterol is, the better. No, it's not accepted. That's what you think you hear. You don't want that at all. You want it to be within normal, but 100, it, 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 it helps out with hormones, right? That LDL is really, really low, right? And if you're looking at that apolipo-B, oh my goodness, if that's high, you know, that risk factor and that heart attack factor is just is just high at that point. And we don't want to have that, right? And you were talking about, what was it? I forgot. <laughs> I'm so fired up right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, the genetic risk factor, lipoprotein A. So, lipoprotein A, no, most people don't know that they even carry that, but it's an increased risk for for heart attack and stroke, stroke especially, especially young. when they're when they're younger and you have to know these numbers so that we can help you out and put together the most specific program of care so really you know i think the overall thing with this is you're looking at all of these parameters you're looking at them and you want to know each and every one of them and you got to go to somebody that's going to look at this because oh my cholesterol is good but then your apolipoprotein b is just out of control and now you got a cardio you know metabolic your LPA is just high and, and you're just, and it's just out of control. And so you want to be able to, you know, again, I keep saying it, live your life to the fullest and not worry about this. It goes back to what I said initially, it's multifactorial, right? You just don't look at cholesterol and you just don't look yeah. at your LDLs and you just don't look at your HDLs, right? And listen, if you're taking a statin, I feel tired, right? And what does, and what does a statin do? It knocks out CoQ10, right? It knocks down CoQ10. There's a pathway just before there's that enzyme, the HMO, you know, it just, it just knocks it out. 
So if you're not taking, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a CoQ10 type of a supplement, you're really knocking out your mitochondria, you're knocking out your, uh, your, 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 your energy. And that takes the conversation to a totally different direction because there's so many other things that can go on with this that you're hurting your energy, your mitochondria, and so forth and so on. So I have a question. Do you do you do genetic testing and looking at people's overall risk profiles? Not just for car- yes, cardiovascular, do, but all do, kinds of stuff. Obviously, MTHFR. We want to see what is going on. I think I, I, I we started doing this a couple of years ago, and we're looking at so many different. Uh, I forgot what company that we use because we changed it a couple of times. But we're looking at the risk factors for cancers and diseases and pathologies because we want to make sure that we help prevent that stuff. So genetic testing, I think, is very important. I know that you do the genetic testing in in your office when it comes to that. And it's relatively inexpensive to run these tests. But wouldn't you want to know what's going on? It's kind of like going to a psychic. You kind of want to know what's going on in the future. We're kind of helping you out from the physical aspect of it. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. So, you know, we've been harping kind of on the lipoproteins and the cholesterol and triglycerides and sort of the metabolic side of heart attack, you know, and I have, so my entire history, I've always had kind of relatively within range, normal cholesterol levels. It of course climbed a little bit as I went through menopause, as it statistically does, Um, you know, you know, but when I had my genetics done, I have some very significant risk profiles uh, for cardiovascular event from a sheer force injury, sheer force injury and a lack of ability to make SOD, which helps us create cleanup from, uh, you know, super superoxide dismutase is what right. that enzyme is, but it helps you clean up from oxidative stress. And I have SNPs and glutathione, so I don't <laughs> make glutathione well either. So the two major antioxidants pathways that are supposed to help. Are, are impaired. Well, what's interesting when you stack my genetics together, I was always like, that's somebody else's problem. I don't really have that genetic disorder. I don't have to worry about it. I actually have a lot of those risk patterns for the person that runs a marathon and drops dead at mile 24. Right. From the sheer force injury of breathing heavy, doing cardio, long, long distance cardio, because when you do certain types of exercise, you could be making things worse mm-hmm. or better depending on what your genetics are. And it was really interesting because I was like, oh, I trained and did triathlons for a while. And I used to try and run. And I was like, I felt like crap all the entire time. And I was inflamed. I even gained weight, even though I was right. doing an extraordinary amount of training. And I was like, how is this possible? And it's because I had so much stress and cytokines and oxidative stress. So looking at That's the right. genetics are also important because you might see some of those other risk profiles. Because again, Cholesterol is only involved in 50% of, of 100% of heart attacks. That's right. So it's not just cholesterol. And, and being and, and, having, and having a genetic step for making glutathione, which is that master antioxidant, is a problem because now you have that pro-inflammatory cas- cascade. That SOD pathway is also messed up, and that needs to be corrected. And we can do that through our, 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 our treatment programs. And then you're just living... A better life when it when it when it comes to that. So yeah, we're on the same page when this happens. I love I love this. I love the testing. To me, it's such a game changer. And putting it all together and then watching a patient go from this point to this point to this point is really significant. Yeah, it's um, like you said. You know, when you start 
if you should go out to kind of Dr. Google, not that I don't think people should Google stuff. Like if somebody gave you a medication to take, you should Google it and find out what the risk profile is. Because right. informed consent means I know what it's good for and what it also may do, right? So I, I think that's good. But I think a lot of times people sort of go through guesswork and it may look like they're doing the right things, but they mm -hmm. just don't know based on that kind of N of one and the individual person. Right. And I think, you know, when I was talking to a physician friend the other day that's more conventional and they said, well, we just don't feel like people will follow diet and lifestyle recommendations because if you look on almost every drug, when diet and lifestyle fails, then do this drug. And I was like, that's your preconceived bias. That's right. And I was like, if you, if you give credence to it by giving people the lab testing that shows them that this is the direction they need to go, i.e. the map, right. I bet they probably would make those changes. That's right. And if you, and if you explain to your patient why you should do this and why diet and lifestyle is important, I think people would be more apt to do it because, listen, I think one of the, one of the major contributing factors to my, to my heart attack was, was, was just mental and mental stress, not even the physical stress of what I was doing to my body. Three offices, three different states at that time, you know, things were changing with insurance companies and there was just significant stress all the time. And I was mitigating that stress with the food, right? Drinking alcohol a little bit too much. C cigars were like the rage back then, you know, and, you know, smoking cigars and, you know, that all led to a metabolic type of a syndrome that I had that led to that heart attack. So you got to look at your, at, at your stress levels, not inside of your body, but outside of your body too, because the stress throws off your lipids also can also create something called leaky gut. And leaky gut is something that is directly related to a metabolic type of a situation. Uh, you know, diabetes, um, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, weight loss resistance, insulin resistance. And that becomes an issue if you don't heal your gut, because you hear all of that today. That's, that's, that's like all the rage, but it's true that we need to heal your gut. We need to get rid of that leaky gut. And there's testing for leaky gut too, Betty. So you and I know this, and I'm sure that you're running that panel all the time. And I have a leaky gut protocol with different supplements and different nutrition shakes and different diets. You know, research indicates leaky gut, you know, your gut to heal will take about six months. Being on that program for six months, wow, at the end of that program, it's just, it's just, you know, Again, you just have so much energy. There's no more brain fog and so forth. Yeah, I think it's important because, you you know, pointing out the gut. Because a lot of people will say, well, I don't have indigestion. I don't have constipation. I don't have diarrhea. I don't have anything that really indicates maybe gut problems. But you could still have a lot of things going on. I think it was, I want to say it was Mark Houston that did, the cardiologist did a study did, looking yes. at, you know, basically... LPS, so looking at a couple markers of leaky gut, so intestinal permeability, mm -hmm. pre-eating, and then having kind of a standard crappy right. fast food meal. And they showed for five hours after eating, there was leaky gut markers that were lit up and high. So literally going and having a fast food meal will cause leaky gut, high cytokines, high inflammatory activity, which is going to increase your lipid placking in your, in your mm -hmm. vascular system for five hours. So, so essentially what you were doing before when you were stressed out and eating on the road probably and eating fast food 
is basically 15 hours a day, if not all more, day. you were driving this leaky gut activity. All, all day, day I was driving leaky gut. And, and what's really fascinating is that, you know, a leaky gut is just that. It's, it's leaky. The, the, the membranes, they start separating. And what happens is that you get different proteins that are dumped into your bloodstream. And we test for those proteins that are in there. And you, you think a leaky gut and you think a celiac disease also, when you were talking about indigestion, doesn't just have to be that. But we also test for the gluten, the gliadin, the glutenin, which are the proteins in the gluten that actually cause the inflammatory process to go on. And it was very important. I mean, I must have had leaky gut. I mean, I know that I did because when we did the testing, it was just it just lit it up. And I was like, wow, this is just, you know, out of, out of control. But we literally test for those proteins when those membranes start separating. It dumps it right into the blood. We know the levels and we know what to do after that. And not only is the food stuff that creates the leaky gut, but if you're if you are taking pharmaceuticals, that can create a leaky gut. If you're stressed, you got a high stress job at home, kids, whatever that looks like, that can cause a leaky gut. Toxins in the environment, environmental toxins, pesticides, insecticides, herbicides that we're ingesting because of the foods that we're eating, that can cause a leaky gut also. So there's so much that can go on with that leaky gut, but it's exciting that we turn all of that around. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you were to give my listeners like, let's see, three or four things, like let's say they have, maybe they haven't, I'm praying that they haven't had a cardiovascular event. So let's, let's hope that we haven't. Maybe if you have, you need to listen even more. But maybe they know they have family history or they think they're at risk. What are three or four things that they could do on their own that could start just just reducing that risk a little bit? Obviously, if you have significant risks, it's probably time to like go find like Dr. Dan and others that can really help you. I mean, this is this is true. But what can they do on their own? What would you say? So listen, number one, get restful, restorative sleep, because it went out restful, restorative sleep, no matter how many vitamins you take, no matter how, how well you eat, no matter how great your lifestyle is. Without that, it's not going to help regulate your biochemistry. So get yourself something like the Aura Ring. Uh, we have ours on, and it tells you exactly what your sleep patterns are. It tells you when you should sleep. So sleep is very important. I did an interview not too long ago with uh, uh, Dr. Brandon. He's in Florida, and he works with uh, NASA, and uh, he's a PhD in nutrition. And I asked him, what is the most important aspect of nutrition? And he said, sleep. I can't emphasize that enough. Sleep. Number two, okay, you know, listen, get out there and walk, you know, make sure that you can, that you can perform your exercise uh, comfortably, right? Make sure you can, you know, perform it comfortably without any problems. Get out there, walk, do some resistance training, building muscle and reducing body fat decreases your risk for a heart attack, right? And that's very important. Number three, okay, come see one of us, right? And and take a look at it. You're sitting there and you're saying that that mom, dad, they're on Lipitor, they're on Tricor, they're on all of these statins, they're taking metformin. You have something in your lifestyle, right? You have some genetics. Come see one of us so that we can find out what that is beforehand before it, it will manifest itself into something that is, um, that is uh, um, 
you know, that is uh, significant. Number four, you know, get some lean proteins in your, in your, in your diet, you know, get some, you know, some salmon, get some omega-3 fatty acids. Don't get the, um, you know, make sure, you know, when you're buying salmon that it's, that it's wild and it's not farm raised, you know, get some good fruits and vegetables, a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of high impact carbs from broccoli, from cauliflower. Okay. That'll help regulate yourself. And, and the last one is make sure you're eliminating properly. Make sure you're having one bowel movement a day. Make sure you're urinating every day because you're, because you're drinking water. Don't drink the tap water. Get some nice water. Get some nice filtration system in there. I think if you do those things, it starts out with prevention, and then you can start helping yourself out, okay, with doing a couple of few things before you come see one of us to make sure that we can help you out even further. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I like if, if somebody's really new to this and they're, you know, they're struggling like this is foreign, they're like, oh, my gosh, I haven't heard a lot of these things. Is I like the idea of just add, like, even if you're going to Burger King or whatever your fast food joint of choice is, I want you to add some vegetable action that's not a French mm-hmm. fry or ketchup to the meal. So that means like the side salad, don't put the ranch dressing all over it. Just, ha- you know, put a little tiny bit and add a salad. Like go with adding healthy stuff if the withdrawal seems right. so extraordinary. Because you, you, you know can what? You can, changes, you can even you know? take it a step you further. totally can. Make it at home, right? And take it with you so that you don't even have to stop. At, at, at a fast food restaurant, make it, make it at home. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of, of, of a patient of mine that sent me a picture recently kids, they got, they got the French fries and it was like, it was like a situation where it's like, this is really tough, but I, we were able to, to discuss it through and we were able to, you know, not have her eat the French fries or him eat the French fries. And it's just so much better off losing weight, you know, on their way and just, just, just a better metabolism and just a better biochemistry. Don't even stop. Make, make, make something at home and bring it with you. You're going to the beach, you're going to the park, make it at home. We can have a whole podcast on how to even do recipes and, 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 and prepare. I could talk about that for hours on it. Absolutely. So Dr. Dan, how can people find you? All right. So I am in New Jersey, but I do see patients, um, you know, throughout the country, I'm licensed in a, in a bunch of different states. Um, you can you can you can email me at Dan Cardelicchio, C A R D E L L I C H I O, really long last name, at Gmail. I have an office in beautiful Newark, New Jersey. I'm here in my Newark office today. Give me a call nine seven three four eight three two two seven seven, and we can sit down and we can have a discussion about what we need to do to help you out. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. I know I'm going to see you in a couple months in Palm Springs, so it'll be fun. It'll be a good time, yep. good time for all of us. Yeah, we'll have we'll have a glass of uh, organic red wine, and you know yep. we'll, we'll 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 share some stories and we'll have some laughs. Yep, low sulfite, low sugar, dry farm wines. I'm that's a shameless dry plug. Farm wines. Yeah, that's a shameless plug. I'm not getting any money for that. I just love their wines because they're if I'm going <laughs> to drink, that's the one I'm going to choose. Right? If I'm going to have a glass, that's, that's right. what I'm going to do. So, if you found this show helpful, interesting, important, something that you really really want to share, please share it. That's how people learn, that's how we get our message out, and that's how we change our health. Thank you for joining me on Menopause Mastery, and I will be back with you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Menopause Mastery Podcast. You are why I'm here, and I am so very grateful. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life on our terms. 
If this episode has helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at Betty Murray PhD and you can reach me online at BettyMurray.com. 